0: Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farrakh.
1: God uses hardship and adversity and difficulty and trials to get my attention because He wants to show me something that I would not otherwise see were it not for that hardship. I mean, I think if we're honest with ourselves, when things are going well in our lives, God doesn't have our attention. But boy, let adversity strike.
0: I'm on my face before the Lord. Oh, God. This is In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Ephesians. Are you too strong in your own strength? Without trials in our lives, we can become self-reliant. We might not even realize how much we trust ourselves, until we face a hard time. God wants to show us his grace and power as we'll hear from Pastor JD today. And we come to know God at this deeper level when we go through adversity. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Ephesians chapter 3 with part 2 of his message, When Life Gets Hard.
1: God may be ruining you for Him. Maybe better said, maybe it's more palatable if I say it this way. God may be breaking you for Him. That's the reason that you're going through what you're going through. Certainly... God had done this in Paul's life. You could say that God ruined Paul for himself, and it's evidenced in what Paul says about being a prisoner of Christ. Notice he doesn't say, I'm a prisoner of Rome. No, he doesn't say that. He says, I'm a prisoner of Christ. You almost get the impression that he's boasting in this. Not in himself, He's boasting in being a prisoner in Christ and for Christ. He knows that the Lord has him for such a time as this, if you will, imprisoned for a purpose. One of the things I'm, I never say I've learned it because that almost sounds arrogant. So I say, In the present tense, not the past tense, I'm learning. Here's what I'm learning in my own walk with the Lord. The Lord is always about keeping me in that place of brokenness so that I'm completely reliant upon Him and Him alone. Because I know of my own propensity. I know of my own propensity. I know what I am capable of. And this is why we have sayings like this. Sometimes you can be your own worst enemy. Oh, no truer words were spoken. I look at myself in the mirror every morning and I am staring face to face, eye to eye with the enemy. It's me. There's that part of me, innate within me, in my sin nature. And God has to break that, that self-sufficiency, that self-reliance. I want to talk more about that as we uh, get to the end. But notice also in verse 1 that Paul says he's a prisoner of Christ, but that he's a prisoner of Christ for the Gentiles. That's an interesting detail, isn't it? He says that because he knows that God has allowed the hardship in order to do that which God could not otherwise do had he not allowed the hardship in the first place. He would not have been able to accomplish anything that God wanted to accomplish in and through his life had he not allowed the hardship into his life. And Paul knew it. Maybe that's a word that needs to be highlighted in our minds, in our hearts today. It's the word no, no. That's a strong word. It's not, I think, no, I know. I hope, no, no, no. I know, I know that God is in this. Have you ever had a situation in your life that was so complex, so perplexing, so ominous, that you just came to this conclusion that God had to be in it, that God was up to something? Oh, He is. But here's the problem. Sometimes we get in His way. And He has to get us out of His way so that He can have His way with us. And the way that He does that is He breaks us, He ruins us, for himself, because sometimes, (laughs) I would even venture to say, most all of the time, it's always about us. It's me, myself, and I. As one has aptly said, the unholy trinity, me, myself, and I. It's all about me. And God has to ruin me because of that. The second one is in verses 2 through 6, and it's that God wants to reveal something to me. For Paul, God allowed the adversity and the hardship in order to reveal the mystery that through the gospel, the Gentiles are joint heirs with the Jews. One of the most important truths that, again, I'm learning, present tense, in my walk with the Lord, is that God uses hardship and adversity and difficulty and trials to get my attention because He wants to show me something that I would not otherwise see were it not for that hardship. I mean, I think if we're honest with ourselves, when things are going well in our lives, God doesn't have our attention. But boy, let adversity strike. <laughs> I'm on my face before the Lord. Oh, God. I think of another life verse in Ecclesiastes 7.14, which basically goes like this, Solomon writing, during times of prosperity enjoy. Praise the Lord. When things are going good, praise the Lord. But... When adversity strikes, stop. God's got your attention now. And consider because God allows one as well as the other. He brings adversity alongside with prosperity. Why? Because man can discover nothing about his future. Another translation renders it so that man will look to God who now has his attention vis-a-vis the adversity that has just struck. Now that I've got your attention, there's something I want to show you. There's something I want to reveal to you. And it's only when we stop and consider subsequent to the adversity that strikes. And sadly, and I'll only speak for myself, okay, the Holy Spirit will speak to your heart, but I'll just speak to myself, for myself here and of myself when I say this. But sadly for me, because of my stubbornness and my obstinance, sadly for me, that's what it takes. Here I am, busy about many things. Pastor Martha, you can call me. And God wants me to sit at his feet and be a Pastor Mary, so to speak, instead. So what's he going to do? Well, he knows. He knows the drill. (laughs) He knows how I'm wired. He knows that he has to bring adversity into my life to get me to stop and consider, okay, Lord, you got my attention. What is it that you want to show me? Oh, good. I got your attention now. And by the way, sometimes it's not always adverse. Sometimes God will use the hardship because he has something very glorious and grand that he wants to reveal to you. I never imagined God playing a heavenly chess game with us. You know that God wants us in his will more than we ourselves even want to be in his will? he will always create an environment in our lives that is conducive to us being in his will. He'll orchestrate the circumstances. He'll choreograph the steps of our lives, so to speak. And sometimes in choreographing the steps in our life, he has to bring that adversity because what he's doing is he's getting us to that place where he wants us to be. And by the way, that's the place we want to be. We want to be where God wants us to be. We want to be in God's will, right? So how's God going to get us there? Well, uh, sometimes we're too comfortable in point A, and how's God going to get us from point A to point B? The only way to get us from point A to point B is to disrupt point A. That's the only way we would ever consider point B, because if things are so good in point A, we have no interest or... Time to even consider point B, but boy, let adversity strike in point A. You know, you've heard it said that God comforts the afflicted, but sometimes God will afflict the comfortable. (sighs) We get too comfortable, even too content spiritually with where we're at, and God has so much more for us, that he wants to do in us and through us. So how's he going to do that? Well, he has to disrupt our plans. He has to disrupt point A. And so now all of a sudden he's got my attention. He says, I want to show you this over here. The only way I could get you to look over here at this and reveal this to you was to allow this to happen to you so that you would. Here's the third one. It's in verses 7 through 12. It's that God wants to show me His grace and His power. Here again, were it not for the hardship, I would not have a need to embrace His grace and in so doing see the working of His power displayed in my situation. Were it not for the trial, I would have never seeing what God could do. I was just uh, thinking about this as well. Maybe this is a word for somebody here today too. You know what they call something that there's no storms, just sunny all the time, no clouds even. You know what they call that? A desert. No, think about that. A barren desert desert. I think about trees, uh, particularly palm trees, and even plumeria trees, and all the beautiful trees that we have here in Hawaii. When we first moved here 14 years ago now, I, I really took notice, especially of the palm trees. I love palm trees, because where I came from they only had pine trees. I like palm trees better than pine trees. <laughs> But it's really interesting, because when those storms come, you'll see those palm trees like this, right? Powerful storms. And yet that, that palm tree, oh, it's, you know, <laughs> it's bowing. What a beautiful posture, uh, you know, bowing and bending, but not breaking. Why? Because the root system beneath, unseen to the eye, has grown strong. Why? Because of the storm. The very storm that makes that tree survive the storm is what gives that storm the strength and the power to survive the storm. That's why it doesn't break. And for Paul, he was the poster child for this. Can I say it that way? This is why he would say, that he's less than the least of all God's people. Why does he say that? He says that because Paul was keenly aware that it's all of grace, none of him, and it's all God's power and all God's strength and not his own strength. I think of Zechariah 4.6. It's not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Many years ago I was sitting under the teaching of God's word and the pastor. And it was one of those times where you know that nobody else needed to be at church that day because that was for you. It was a word for me that God was speaking into my life that I needed to hear and heed. And here was the word. He said this, Some of you are too strong for God to use. Oh, oh, I'm crawling underneath the chair. Everybody's looking at me, aren't they? Yes, that was he. Lord, that's me. That's me. I'm too strong in my own strength. I have a strong personality. I have an intense personality. I'm too strong. And I I've not realized in my strength, in my own strength his strength. Which is why Paul also says when I'm weak, oh and by the way Paul, you don't think he was a strong man? Strong personality? And there's a progression, and this is maybe another topic for another time, but he starts off as, I'm the least of the apostles. Well, okay. Now, not just I'm the least of the apostles, I'm the least of the last of the less than all of God's people. Forget apostles. I'm the least. You know how he could say that? <laughs> as he's imprisoned for Christ, a prisoner of Christ. You know how he could say that is because he had tasted of the grace of God. He had been the recipient of the grace of God and as such knew the power of God's might. That's why he could say in the to the Philippian church, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's not of myself. And sometimes adversity needs to be allowed into our lives by the gracious and loving hand of God, if for no other reason to show us the futility of our own strength, and to bring us to that place of weakness where we see our own weakness, how fragile and frail we really are, because it's only then that we'll realize the strength and the power and the grace of God. Here's the fourth and final one. It's in verses 13 through 15. And it's that God may be allowing the hardship for the benefit of others. Now, I realize that this goes against everything self, that selfish sin nature. But the truth of the matter is, God may allow hardship and difficulty, not only for your benefit, but for the benefit of others as well. This is why Paul says, this is for your glory. And again, he's not feeling sorry for himself. He's not soliciting pity at all. He's almost boasting actually, when he says to the Gentiles, I'm in prison for you. I took a stand for you as joint heirs with the Jews. I'm in the state I'm in, suffering what I'm suffering for your sake. Don't feel sorry for me. I'm suffering for you, for your benefit. Here's the thing. When I've gone through some painful experience in my life, it's then that I earn the right to speak into others' life. And I want to close with what Paul wrote again in 2nd Corinthians, this time chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. Listen to what he says. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. You know what he's saying? He's saying this. When you go through hardship, it makes you more compassionate. You know why it makes you more compassionate and more caring and more loving towards others? it's because you yourself were on the receiving end of the compassion and the love and the care and the comfort that God gave you. And because you've been a recipient of that compassion and that comfort during your hardship, well now God wants you to be that compassion and that comfort in the hardship that someone else is going through. Let me just share, lastly, one uh, personal story. Back in 2006, May 4th to be exact, our daughter Noelle died and went home to be with Jesus. And to say that it was perhaps the hardest thing that had ever happened in mine and my wife's life would, I think, be an understatement but God. Through a support network I came into contact with a brother in Christ on the mainland who had also lost a child to the very same thing that we lost Noel to called trisomy 18. It's a chromosomal abnormality and it's a death sentence. In fact the medical community told us that she was incompatible with life our birth plan was a funeral plan. We took her home to die, and we knew it would happen, and it did happen, and then after it happened, I have this brother in Christ on the other end of the phone doing exactly what 2nd Corinthians 1 verses 3-5 through 5 says. He was a source of great comfort, a great encouragement, and I am so glad that he went through that hardship that he went through with his child when his child died, because God used it in my life to be a great comfort and a great encouragement in that hardship in my life. It may very well be that God desires to use that which he has allowed into your life not just for your benefit, but for the benefit of others.
0: We're so glad you joined us today for Pastor J.D.'s continuing teaching in the book of Ephesians. If you'd like to learn more about the Apostle Paul's letter, we encourage you to continue reading ahead. As you do, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal the truths and promises contained in its verses to you. You can also hear additional teachings from Pastor J.D. on this book by visiting our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. Listen online or download these teachings to have available anytime. We've created a mobile app for Apple and Android devices too, so you can take Pastor J.D.'s teachings with you on the go. Download from your app store or find a link at inspiritandtruthradio.com. While you're there, be sure to check out the Mideast Prophecy Update. Each Friday and Saturday, Pastor J.D. updates us on where the world is in conjunction with the prophecies of the Bible. He takes the time to comb through the news and tell us how world events line up with God's plan as stated in His Word. If you'd like to catch the latest edition of the Mideast Prophecy Update, visit our website and click on the YouTube link. If you're in the Kaneohe area, we'd love to have you come be a part of our weekly services. Calvary Chapel Kaneohe meets each Sunday at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And Thursdays at 7 p.m. We'd love to have you join us as we praise the Lord and learn from His Word. Find out more at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com That's all we have time for today. Pastor J.D. will have much more to share with us from Ephesians when you join us again right here on In Spirit and Truth Radio. Holy me,